You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Tuesday, November 7th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I am Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, you'll get a recap of CSU's annual TEDx event and more with Tyler in Campus News. And a suspended Poudre School District teacher has been charged with a fourth child sex abuse allegation. This and more with Lee in local news. Then, if you like to read books, there are some upcoming events in Fort Collins that might grab your attention. Get the full rundown with Tyler in Events News. Later on in the broadcast, Denver police are still investigating a shooting that happened over the weekend. The shooting left two dead and six injured. Learn more with Lee in National News. And with that, we'll get started with Campus News. Hello, I am Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State Campus News. On November 4th, this past Saturday, the TEDx event took place on campus at the Lori Student Center. The annual event takes place on campus and brings in many different speakers. TEDx are independently organized events put together by different institutions and organizations. The goal was to share knowledge, inspiration, and innovation. For 2023, 11 speakers took the stage to share those very things. The speakers for this year were Mia Ritter, Christopher Patrick, Stefani Malin, Jacob Castillo, Dylan Demery, Sheila Addison, Jocelyn Hiddle, Drew Hugh, Samantha Johnson, Kyle Oldham, and Leslie Taylor. Students were also heavily involved with the event, being able to contribute to how the event was handled. A professor here at CSU was awarded with the Walter Reed Medal. Charles Kalisher was given the award due to his work in microbiology here at CSU. He was honored for his years of work in the transmission of viruses from insects, animals, and other species to humans. He worked with the U.S. Center for Disease Control during much of his work. The Walter Reed Medal is the highest honor from the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene. CSU was given a perfect score from the 2024 Green College Honor Roll. CSU has now had a perfect score for 10 consecutive years. CSU was also listed as a platinum-grade, bike-friendly campus. The university's commitment to bicycles, public transportation, and environmentally friendly efforts has led to the perfect score. CSU's efforts are leading to the school being a fossil fuel-free community. Next up is your local news with Lee, who will be going over a former Pooter School District teacher who now has a fourth sexual assault allegation. In local news, a longtime Pooter School District teacher was jailed on Friday after a third allegation that he sexually assaulted male students in the early 2000s. Now, 60-year-old Robert Denise faces four felony charges of sexual assault on a child. A news release by the Larimer County Sheriff's Office said that the four charges cover three separate victims. In court on Friday, the district attorney said another two people made allegations of sexual abuse against Denise, but those fell outside the parameters for criminal charges, according to the Coloradoan. Denise taught at Cash Lapooter Middle School in Laporte since 1995. When allegations were first made back in February, he was put on paid administrative leave, according to PSD. In April and August, officials released information about the allegations and charges against Denise. In both times, officials said they were concerned there could be more victims. On Friday, they repeated that concern, adding that Denise worked at the Ben de la Tour Scout Ranch in Red Feather Lakes during summers in the 1990s. 
Also Friday, officials said that Denise had been charged with misdemeanor failure in his duty to report child abuse after a victim disclosed to, De- to, disclosed to Denise, who is considered a mandatory reporter to alert law enforcement in these situations. The sheriff's office said the victim in the most recent charges went to CLP Middle School in the early 2000s and was one of Denise's students. The release said he accused Denise of grooming behaviors that grew to sexual assault. All victims in the charges were younger than 16 when the reported instances of abuse happened. On Friday, Denise's bond to be released from jail was upped from $1,000 to $50,000. He was out of jail on the original $1,000 bond before Friday. Denise's disposition hearing in district court is set for Friday, December 15th. Investigators are asking anyone to reach out if there are any unreported incidents involving Denise because of his longtime history working with children. You can find information on how to reach out and other resources through the official Larimer County website, which is larimer.gov. An early morning chase in Fort Collins Friday resulted in shots fired and a crash. Just before 1 in the morning, Larimer County Sheriff's deputies saw a car that matched the description in a possible kidnapping. The kidnapping was reported last Thursday out of Weld County. A release from the sheriff's office said deputies tried to stop the car, but the driver fled south on Shields. The chase lasted for several miles through West Fort Collins. At the intersection of Horsetooth and College, a deputy set spike traps, but the driver avoided them. The release said the car headed straight for the deputy instead, who then fired at the driver. According to CBS, a man and a woman got out of the car at Horsetooth and Shields before the driver took off again. The man was taken into custody, and the woman was taken to the hospital for injuries. She was treated and released a few hours later. The chase continued north from Shields. More tire spikes were set at Shields and Davidson Drive. The driver swerved and ended up crashing into multiple parked cars. The release said he was taken to the hospital with serious injuries. Officials haven't said if the three people in the car were injured by the shots fired by the deputy. It also hasn't been clarified what the two men have been or will be charged with, or if the woman was the kidnapped victim. For now, local officials will continue leading the investigation. Contributions for this update come from CBS News and The Coloradoan. A Fort Collins woman was the first person in the state charged under Colorado's new fentanyl accountability law. Last week, she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. 40-year-old Andrea Bronco sold fentanyl to 20-year-old Cara Gorman in September last year. Gorman later died of an overdose in her apartment in Fort Collins. Bronco pleaded guilty to fentanyl distribution, causing death in August. Her sentencing was a first-of-its-kind case for Colorado prosecutors. The fentanyl accountability law was put into place July last year. According to Nine News, 8th Judicial District Attorney Gordon McLaughlin said he was proud of the collaboration in Larimer County that, quote, allowed us to achieve this first-of-its-kind result. McLaughlin said the sentencing marked a turning point in holding those who distribute fentanyl accountable in an overdose. Gorman's mother and stepfather both spoke at the sentencing hearing. Her stepfather told the court, told the court quote, she will forever be missed. Bronco's lawyer hoped to reach a sentence that would give justice both to Gorman's family and Bronco herself, according to Loveland Reporter Herald. Her lawyer said Bronco dealt with addiction herself, using the same pills she sold. 
Speaking on her own behalf, Bronco apologized and recognized her role in the overdose. The DA's office said Bronco distributed illegal drugs to multiple people, and she was the one who started the conversation with Gorman to convince her to buy drugs. That led her to selling Gorman four fentanyl pills. As officials aim to crack down on the fentanyl epidemic, DA McLaughlin said they, quote, remain committed to prioritizing behavioral health resources and treatment. McLaughlin also said that with the new law, officials can hold the, quote, worst actors accountable and find some sense of justice for the victims. The DA's office is now working on two other cases in Larimer County with the same fentanyl accountability charge. Both are scheduled in court this month. That'll be all for local news. We're going to take a quick break, but afterwards, you'll get a full rundown of the upcoming events in Fort Collins with Tyler. KCSU programming is supported by Chipper's Axe Throwing with a new axe throwing facility inside of Chipper's Horse Tooth Lanes. You can book an axe throwing experience at chipperslanes.com. Located at Chipper's Horse Tooth Lanes, 217 West, Horse Tooth Road, near the intersection of College Avenue and Horse Tooth Road. Chipper's Lanes, bowling, laser tag, arcade, axe throwing, and sand volleyball. Reserve online at chipperslanes.com. Coming up this week will be plenty to do for readers and music fans. Tonight at the Old Town Library, we'll have guest author Kevin Hearn. Tonight at 6 p.m., Hearn will be celebrating the release of his new, his new book, A Curse of Krakens. He is also the author of Catch a Book Signing with J. Scott Savage at 5 p.m. J. Scott Savage is the creator of the Iron Drud Chronicles and A Blight of Black Wings. Tomorrow night, we'll see the band Blackstone Cherry joined by Giovanni and the Hired Guns with Jigsaw Youth. The bands will be playing at the Aggie Theater starting at 8 p.m. The Kentucky Hard Rockers Blackstone Cherry will be proudly playing hard rock headbanger songs that will thrill you. Coming up after the break is National News with Lee, who will be covering a story on a Denver shooting that happened this past weekend and more.
Denver police are still investigating a shooting that happened over the weekend, which left two dead and six in hospitals. Police said the shooting happened after a confrontation at a private after-hours motorcycle club in central Denver. On Monday, police said at least two guns were fired outside the club. The shooting happened just after 3 in the morning. People in the area reported hearing multiple shots fired. A DPD spokesman told CBS News that as of Sunday morning, it wasn't clear if any suspects were at large or if the shots came only from those who were injured. According to the Associated Press, Denver police said yesterday that two of those injured have been released from the hospital and that the others are expected to survive. Police said all involved were adults. The Motorcycle Club and Bar, according to CBS News, is an organization described as a one-percenter group. The National Library of Medicine defines one-percenters to be the one-percent of motorcycle gangs that do not abide by laws. The NLM said that members of such gangs can be a threat to hospital staff in emergency rooms. Nineteen members with the Denver Club were arrested in 2012 on federal firearms and drug charges. As of yesterday afternoon, no arrests have been made, but TV crews saw SWAT officers lead five men out of the club. Three of them were handcuffed. Police are asking for any other witnesses to reach out to the DPD as officials piece together what happened. Aurora police officer Nathan Woodyard was found not guilty Monday in the 2019 death of Elijah McLean, a 23-year-old black man. Woodyard was facing charges of manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. McLean was walking home at night when an encounter with first responders led to his death. Woodyard was one of the three Aurora officers and two paramedics charged in McLean's death. The trial against the two other officers had a split verdict last month. One was convicted of homicide and the other was acquitted. The paramedics are both scheduled to be tried later this month. Woodyard's trial stretched over several weeks. The jury deliberated for about a day and a half before acquitting him yesterday afternoon. Prosecutors argued Woodyard grabbed McLean within eight seconds of getting out of his patrol car without an explanation or introduction. He was responding to an emergency call about McLean. Some reported that he looked suspicious wearing a mask. On body camera footage shown in trial, McLean looked caught off guard. He tried to keep walking when Woodyard approached. Woodyard put McLean in a neck hold, temporarily leaving him unconscious. After he said he thought McLean reached for one of the officer's guns, prosecutors dispute that claim. McLean was then later injected with a fatal overdose of ketamine by paramedics. Woodyard's lawyers said that he walked away during part of the confrontation after being called away by his supervisor. They said he was not with McLean as his condition got worse and other officers continued to restrain him. McLean's autopsy reports he died of an overdose of ketamine after he was forcibly restrained by police. In that report, which was updated in 2021 from Undetermined, there was no evidence the police actions contributed to his death. But prosecutors presented their own medical expert who said there was a direct link. Dr. Roger Mitchell, who was a former coroner, said the police restraint caused a series of building health problems, like difficulty breathing and a buildup of acid in McLean's body. In Woodyard's case, prosecutors said after returning to the scene, Woodyard failed to pull McLean off his stomach, making it hard for him to breathe. They also said he did not object to keeping him pinned down as he was given ketamine. 
According to CBS News, when he testified last week, Woodyard said he feared for his life after he heard McLean say he intended to take Pavard back, and that another officer said, quote, he just grabbed your gun, dude. The two paramedics, Jeremy Cooper and Peter Sichenik, are expected to have a trial later this month. Jury selection in the courtroom is expected on the 27th. Officials say the trial will likely last several weeks. That'll wrap up national news. Coming up, Caleb Allen will deliver the CSU Sports Report right after the break. Brothers Bar and Grill is a proud supporter of KCSU. Brothers Bar and Grill is located in Old Town, Fort Collins, featuring weekly burgers, wings, and drink specials. Brothers is offering a new bro band night each Thursday from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. More information can be found at brothersbar.com slash Collins. Hi, I'm Caleb Allen, sports director at KCSU, and here's what's going on this week in sports. CSU football lost 24-15 in Laramie last week, losing the Border War rivalry game against the University of Wyoming. The Rams were held scoreless in the first and third quarters, and a turnover in their final frame secured the win for the Cowboys. The Rams will play this Saturday against the San Diego State Aztecs at 5 p.m. at home in Canvas Stadium. It is a must-win if the Rams want to remain bowl eligible. Tune in to 90.5 KCSU from 2 to 3 p.m. on Saturday for the official football pregame show. CSU soccer fell 1-0 last Saturday in the Mountain West Championship game against the Utah State Aggies, ending a historical season for the Calder State Rams soccer program. CSU Volleyball defeated Wyoming in four sets on Halloween night. Malaya Jones led the way with 23 kills, while Emory Herman surpassed a 1,000 assist mark with 45 assists, three aces, and two blocks in her performance. The Rams then finished the week with the Spartans beating San Jose State in five sets on Thursday. Annie Sullivan registered 15 kills in the road win. Libero Kate Yoshimoto was named Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Week for her 32 digs over the two matches last week. The Rams will take on UNLV in Las Vegas on Thursday and wrap up the week in San Diego against the Aztecs at 1 p.m. on Saturday. CSU men's golf finished 6th in the Cal Poly Invitational. Rasmus Helm led the way for the Rams and tied 13th with 12 birdies over the entire tournament. The event ends their fall season. CSU women's golf finished 6th in the Hurricane Invitational. Two Rams finished in the top 15, Andrea Berger's daughter and Pamika Arvamongol. It also ends their fall season. CSU Tennis won three bracket titles on Sunday. Rod Kabuskova and Victoria Erikchenko defeated the white bracket in doubles. Zara Lennon won the gold bracket in singles, while freshman Logan Vakes won the bronze singles title. They returned to action for the dual season starting in January. CSU Swim and Dive is coming off a two-win week, beating Queens University 142-118 to and Old Dominion 208.5-51.5. to That extends their win streak to five straight dual wins. Swim will be on a hiatus until November 30th, where they will participate in the Iowa Invitational. CSU Cross Country coming off their Mountain West Championship a couple of weeks ago travels to Lubbock, Texas for the NCAA Mountain Regional. Women will begin their run at 9 a.m., while the men will start at 10 a.m. 
qualifiers from this event will advance to the NCAA championships. I'm Caleb Allen, and this is what's going on this week in sports. It was pretty windy today. I got hit in the head with a couple of leaves when I was outside, too. Those leaves were definitely zipping around this afternoon. Other than that, it was arguably a pretty nice day outside today. This week is looking a little all over the place, which I guess is uh, typical for Colorado during this time of the year. Uh, today we saw a solid high of 72 degrees and a mostly sunny sky. Winds were fairly breezy. Tonight we'll see a bit of drastic change though. The wind should die down a little, but we'll have up to a 60% chance of showers. The low should hover around 39 degrees. Wednesday, we'd expect some more of that rain and wind. The chance for rain will mostly stay high in the morning, but we should still expect showers throughout the day. We'll see a mostly cloudy sky and a high of 50 degrees. Wednesday nights, it'll cool off to a low of 25 as we see a slight chance of rain becoming snow. Winds should calm down in the evening. Thursday, we'll see another high of 50, but it should feel a little warmer than Wednesday because the sky will be pretty sunny. Thursday night, this guy will stay clear as it cools off to a low of 23 degrees. If you want the rest of the week's weather forecast, we'll cover that in the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review, which will be on Thursday at 4 p.m. Information for this forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We'd also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.